I am sitting here on my couch. Monday morning, Monday morning. No, that's not the song, is it? Monday, Monday. But one of my little cats, Dom, is on my lap, which is quite meditative, meditative. I can't say that word. Um, and I am editing episode five of You're Not Listening with Mary Coughlin and Alton Conlon. We are thrilled with the response to this and looking at the old statistics Our numbers are going up and people are listening to more and more episodes. And a lot of that, guys, is due to word of mouth. Again, subscribing to whatever platform you're listening on, giving us reviews and sharing it with friends and family and telling people about it. And we really appreciate it. And we're having a lot of fun with it. Um, I'm playing with Mary this Friday, the 1st of September in Wheeland. It's sold out. I can't claim it's my gig. It's Mary's gig, but I'm going to come along and do a little guest spot because I'm going to be in Dublin. Um, My album's out on September the 13th. That's in other news. Uh, You can pre-order that on CD and vinyl from UltonCondon.com. I have an album tour coming up at the end of October, beginning of November. Tickets are all on sale on UltonCondon.com as well. Okay, I'm going to stop hogging the limelight now. And let Mary Coughlin and Alton Conlon have it for the next 40 minutes or so. Uh, thrilled you're enjoying it, guys. I think I've fixed the issue with Apple Podcasts, although it's not up there yet. It's taken a little time, but I think it's in the process. Okay, enjoy. Thank you. Have a great week. Um, how's it going, Alton? Here I am again in Galway, and um, just on my way back from Connemara to Dublin. And uh, hello, that's too much. No, that's okay. <laughs> the levels are fine. Are yeah, they? it's fine because I end up mastering it now anyway. Give us a chocolate. From. Oh. Are we on the air now? Yeah. Ah, for you fuck's said, sake. You said you wanted to plug. <clears throat> so I'm on my way back from um, from Connemara and um, I went into the most extraordinary shop down there um, in um, Connemara. Uh, I was down in Wienish with my um, my grandchildren and my, my family. Um, my grandfather originally from Kilkerden in uh, Connemara, you know, Kyle Saulyak. I went into Kynes, we went in there yesterday for lunch. Beautiful food. And the fellow that ran it um, is really nice. And uh, he, family business, you know, for years. And he said he just thought he'd take a different turn. So he opened a shop. Um, concentrate less on the, the pub aspect. Oh, right. well, more on the pub. food. And the shop is in there. And all local Beautiful woman up the road making hats, somebody else doing something oh, else, nice. somebody else hand printing bags, and oh, it's just yeah. that. All for the community and top class stuff, top class food. Now he's doing music and he sells records. He's doing everything. So he's got everything in there. A little non stop, a little one non stop shop, a one stop <laughs> shop for everything. 
And didn't he fill up a bag yesterday with goodies for me? And we're going to sample the chocolates now. I already um, sampled one. Oh, did you? that's very sly, Alton. <laughs> did you really? Yeah. I won't be able to talk now for a minute. I'm like, but, uh, I don't I've got worms, so. Oh my gosh, it's beautiful. Mm. Mm, 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 mm. What does the worms think of it? Don't go there. We were talking about worms before the podcast. My cats have worms. Elton's cats have worms. Um, I have a couple of cats myself. And I inherited them. I have a dog. Um, so we, we do them every spring. Just right. once a year? I you think it's every six months. We do the... What's well, not? Sure, sure. I actually just feel sick of the thoughts of it all. Well, stop talking about it. Yeah, okay. Do not listen to me. Yeah. I was, I'm listening when it's something about worms. <laughs> when, it's, when it's something important or not. Okay, well, um, just, yeah, do it I'm listening to you about the coins thing. I like <laughs> the idea of that chap. Yeah, so we might get a gig down there. Let's do it. Let's do it. I'll get on to him now when I go home. That sounds amazing. Mm. We were chatting earlier too. Um, you were, I remember you saying that you were chatting with Jimmy Higgins who's playing with us in this, in this autumn and winter. And the two of you, I, I noticed, go off talking about Wim Hof. Wim Hof. I, I um. Yeah, what the Wim Hof breathing. I know it's a bit. I know it's a bit um, popular at the moment. What's the call? It's it's of the day, no more than the sea swimming. But um, I was diagnosed in twenty sixteen with a, quite a um, horrible little bastard living in my lungs called bronchiectasis, which is a bacteria that lives far down in my lungs, and I've been hospitalised a good few times with it. But I take steroids and antibiotics, and I have three or four different inhalers. So I just noticed that they weren't really doing me any good, you know. All you know, and I'd be taking quite a lot of them. I had good good few times in hospital. Are these inhalers like with chemicals in them and stuff? Yeah, yeah your medical inhalers. Yeah, and uh, and steroids, sometimes intravenously. And anyway, look as I went down to Australia in March and the weather was fab and I was gigging away and I was swimming every day and um the dry I think it was the lovely sunshine and the dry air. My lungs started to feel great. Okay. And um, I know I'm not, I'm not a medical practitioner and I'm not telling anyone what they should do. I just stopped taking all the stuff. And you do the Wim Hof? I stopped doing, I stopped, uh, yeah. I'm, a, um, I'm doing Wim Hof breathing. Um, I do, and I even did it this morning now before I left. Uh, Can you give us an example of Wim Hof? No, um, you can go and download the atlas. No, it's not like that at all. That's holotropic breathing, or whatever you're doing there. Hyperventilate and ultimate. Um, I'm having a panic attack. I'm, I'm just, or you give yourself one. Um, I had two coffees today, so I'm stop it. borderline. Borderline. I, anyways, I love it. I love it. And um, it's, I've noticed it in my work. And I can hold my breath for one minute and 56 seconds. Um, usually on the second round. So I do three rounds of it every morning. So when somebody says to you, don't hold your breath, Mary, you can go, I can. <laughs> Are you holding it now? We don't want dead air, so this is just up to me okay, to talk sorry. now. No, okay, we'll That's not, okay, I can carry it. probably not a practical thing to do. <laughs> Unless maybe we had visuals, like, you know, How people long? could see what you were doing. It was a video podcast. Yeah. How long can you hold your breath for? 
Well, it's not it's not remarkable now. It's a minute and fifty six seconds. That's pretty good. Yeah, I do I do a minute and thirty no bother at all, and you know, so there you go. I couldn't have held it for fifteen seconds um four months ago. Wow. Or or I mean certainly to to think about it would have. Um, caused me to fucking lose my mind. Yeah, yeah. And but sure, I'm now in the ocean as well, down in Connemara, and and my daughter, who's my my firstborn daughter, Aoife, just said, "I'm mad." She said, "I can't believe you're doing this." That you're in the water. Yeah, and I said, "Why?" She said, "Because you like your, you know, <clears throat> comforts and your sun holidays and all that." And she said, "I just can't believe." But she, it's so. God, I was in there. This yeah, are you were raving about it today. Now I, I'd love to do it, but I'm I'm just such a coward. Which I'm a coward. I was a yeah. coward until I started doing it, and all these women that I know do it every day and go down in the moonlight. Are you going to join at them now every day? Get I think your, I'll do it. Get your flask. I think I'll do a bit of solitary swimming. Okay. I'm not a good swimmer. Now, when you say solitary swimming, I oh, Jesus, you I wouldn't don't want, want to get own, into no. a group. Really. You'll become part of a clique. No, well, not that I'm very anti-social or anything, but I found, um, I might go with the girls, like my, like my, yeah. some, some people in my family go, and um, I suppose I'd probably have to go to uh, Brer Greystones to do it. Do you think that's, uh, just for thinking from my own point of view, um, uh, I'm not p- part of any scene musically, and I don't think you are either, really, no. as much as people like to say you're jazz singer or that. You don't, you don't belong singer. in a scene. No. And do you think that's a reflection then of you wanting to go swimming, but you're going like, go do it on my own rather than part of a group? <coughs> well, I'm very sociable. and I know uh, you're sociable, but it's the difference in being sociable and being part of a group. No, I don't want to be part of a group. Why? Because <sighs> <laughs> they're all assholes. <laughs> No, I don't want to be part of I'm being of mean, sorry. No, you are being mean there, but um okay, so I would have been um I like to walk the prom in Bray and I have lived in Bray um for um thirty two years. Yeah. And I lived on the promenade. I was lucky enough to have a house there. Um, you know, I bought a house actually from Neil Jordan, um about thirty two, thirty two years ago. And the sea was there, the prom was there, I walked it a lot. And um and then um I think it became very popular, but more so during COVID, at the very beginning of COVID, people started sea swimming and we had a we had, as a family yesterday and we all had a discussion about it and we were wondering why it became such a thing all of a sudden, you know. It's always been there to see. It's always been there and then it became this thing, I don't know where it started. But suddenly, Bray was like you can't get into Bray some mornings for the SUVs. I wonder if that an and, actual... t- and that'd be one of the people who'd be slagging on the big, big cars and the flasks and the rubber boots and the rubber gloves and the big yokes. You know the big the dry robes. We spoke dry about robes, this. Yeah, yeah. some med one, which I was very impressed. With. <laughs> he was, yeah, he was. And the do, do you know what probably got the sea swimming thing to become a thing? Isn't it? It's social media, photographs, hashtags, sea swimming. So it yeah. becomes a kind of a trend, I mean, yeah. and then a trend, and then, I mean, people are And sheep. people were killed telling me that it was really good for you, and it's really good for your mental health. But now, health. today, you are, te- you are elated know, today, yeah. but and that, you are telling me how great it is. So I, I'm just, I've been like this for the past few days, after being in the water. I don't believe all of them, I believe you. Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay, well, I did a tour of England. I'm sure it's healthy for you, I'm sorry, I don't mean that at all. I, I, and I said to you earlier, and I'm honest, 
I'd love to get in, but the actual action for me of getting in mm. is a whopper. It's like jumping well, off a I, cliff. I, I defeated that. It took me, I mean, I just, I said, just get over yourself. Did you stand Mary. outside it for an hour? No. Tipping your toe in? Went in, straight in, wow. walked in. I did my breathing and went in and it was just incredible. And then I went in um, about five times now. And Will you keep it up now when you go back to Wicklow? Thinking about it now. Where can you go? Where's the nearest? I can go. Spot I can field? over the hill and down into Greystones, or I can go down to Bray. Yeah. Okay. So um, I'm just not sure about the the water quality there, but I'm sure somebody'll point me in the right direction. You know. So mm-hmm. yeah, I'm kind of looking forward to it actually. And I was telling you on the we met in Galway today to go in to get a, a dental implant checked. We should talk about teeth at some point on this podcast. Maybe not today. But I, I got I got my implant checked. And Mary was coming in from Connemara, so I said, I'll get the train from Bandeslow, and Mary will bring me out. And as we were coming out in the car, I was feeling dozy and heavy and lethargic. And Mary is elated after her few days away, and I said, I think I need a holiday. So you told me about a great retreat in Italy that I need well, to Well, I mean, on. yeah, because I'm sure anyone who knows me knows that I have a great... Um, I, I love these uh, fuckish retreats. I've done a good few of them, and I've read the book, and I've become friendly with John Parkin. John C. Parkin, uh, the guy who wrote the book initially. I think he was an advertising executive, burnt out, and said literally, fuck it, and went off in a camper van with, the, um, with his partner, uh, who is Italian, she's beautiful, Gaia, and they travelled around Italy, kind of with half an idea of looking to buy a place, and um, the book is is a great read. Uh, their podcasts are great, or whatever. And during COVID, they were really nice to listen to. Oh, so and they've got podcasts. I think they have some sort of a class for you, okay? Meditation thing. You I could join the thing. Will we get in trouble because we say fuck it so much on our podcast that they? That they no, he loves they it. it. He just, you know, he just. Uh, <laughs> when I started to talk about it first, they offered me a retreat. Come down and because it was it was in the paper and stuff. Somebody. But you'd be ideal for the advertising campaign. The fuck it. Fuck it. It's a great way of going on a holiday if you want to to do something completely different to get away from anyone. And I don't like going away for two weeks on my own. Yeah, you can go because, into yourself. And, yeah, yeah and it's dangerous. You know, no, yeah, I don't like. And that. I said that to you. I said, Mike, go on. You, you said to me, you can't go on your own. And as soon as you said that, I realised you're absolutely, absolutely right. right. You need to go and I do can't. something like that. Yeah. And the only thing you're obliged to do on a fuckers retreat is eat together every night. I was going to go and do one of those yoga retreats. You know, you can do them in far off places. Oh. I just find they so, did sound a bit I, the, re- the only reason I like the fuckers retreats is they don't give a fuck. And it's not about being precious and it's not about doing yoga and it's not about, you know, you know, fucking any of it. I'm, I, you know, I can't stand that shit. I think, I just, I'm coming back around to this again. With our music, we're kind of loners. Very much so. Very much so. So, like, we're, like I said, we, I, I don't get booked for folk festivals or because I'm not folk. I don't fit into a bracket. I don't think I ever, I don't know if, like... You don't want to. Do I want to? Warner Brothers, when I signed to Warner Brothers, they said, we find it very hard to market you because we don't know whether Good. you're folk or rock or, or jazz. Blues. Yeah, yeah. I said, uh, just, just invent a new type of word, yeah. Coughlin music. <laughs> and I, um, I don't know, when, when I started to, to, when I met you first and I, we know we did that song, 
and there's something very organic and about the songs that you write and they're very um it's a, they're more like they're more like the first album, you know, songs on the first album. Oh. That I, I did, you know. The trouble then with what I do as well, and maybe, I don't know you, but you end up kind of falling between two stools because people don't know where to put you. I don't think it's a problem anymore. It, I think that's probably even less of a problem now than it used to be. Yeah, usually. with the internet and the... There's nobody, there's nobody looking to market you. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, you just market yourself. Market yourself. Like what we're doing here. Yeah, and I've, I've been we're thinking a lot about this as well. And you know, ourselves. I spoke to you about it. You know, do you think that people think we're so up our own arses that we're... Doing a podcast. Doing a podcast. And it's... Potentially, yes. Potentially, but I mean... Some people would think that. I know, if I was watching us, I would think that. Would you? But that's my... I judge people, so... I'm well, ju- here we are I'm, doing I'm this. I'm judgy, anyway, so... I'm always terrified that... Because I judge so many people when I go out about the streets and I'm walking, I think people are judging me because that's what I do to people. Well, you have to stop doing that. Okay. I'm sure. I'm, I, look, I'm just waiting to make a few quid off this and go back to therapy, work that one out. Okay. <laughs> um, go to a fucking retreat. But um, it's, I think it's because we judge. I think people, um, oh, this is going to sound so cliched. No. People who, who are in the music industry, in the entertainment industry, with a very, very large, um, inverted commas, entertainment, um, are needy. And oh, yeah, and yeah. um You laugh at this, I was I was sitting there. I've not finished. <laughs> I wasn't listening. No. Go on. No, I can't remember what I was gonna <laughs> say. <laughs> People in the mu- the music. Yeah, industry, we're very needy. We're very, and, and that's why I I, you. I I did a tour of England and um I got really sick. Um I had this really, really bad cough. I was really struggling one night in Manchester and I was doing a song and the big, big high note didn't crack at the end. Oh, no. And I battered myself for days over it. We said this before, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, what the hell is that about? I don't, I don't suffer from that. I don't know no, what kind of insecurity I suffer. I suffer from major insecurity, but not particularly that one. Yeah, but I mean, and that's maybe because we judge ourselves so harshly, maybe that's why you oh, judge yeah, other yeah. people. Oh, yeah, totally. You know, anyways, but oh, I, which, I, yeah, which way does it I work? Decided, I decided to, this time around to just let it go. Mm. And did and, it work? Yeah. Good. And, and I had to, I mean, consciously n- not worry about whether it was going to happen in the next song or not, you know, like, so I just, that's good. I did my breathing. Progress. Took a little few, little step back and just, relaxed a bit and out it came well I think the thing with gigs is this and I'm trying to do this lately it's like if you have a whopper of a great gig don't get over enthused by that just afterwards go that's done great grand and if you have a kind of bad gig you're that's done grand that's grand rather than getting too high about the great too high one and too, and too, too low, low about, about the bad one but I was sitting before I met you today out in the street in Galway having a coffee and I, I'm on my own most of the time and I was in there having a lovely coffee and somebody walked past and looked at me and smiled. I felt so wonderful. Oh, stop Isn't it. that nice? Isn't it lovely? It, never, it doesn't happen that often. Oh. But I wonder if that be needy as well. No, but I mean, how do you mean? No, but, but that you were open to receiving the smile and... But is that me maybe sitting there and I, until somebody looks at me and actually smiles? It's like, is that like a validation thing again, like we spoke about a few weeks ago? But somebody smiled and made you feel good. I mean, that's what it's supposed to do. I mean, when you put your... When you put fake it till you make it, when you smile, <laughs> yeah. you release all these endorphins in your brain. 
and that are, are all good good for you. It's nice to be like. Do you know another nice thing to do is I <laughs> must do it more often is give compliments to people. Oh, yeah. It's a good one. Go on. What do you mean? Go on. <laughs> no, I mean, Here I, I am. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, <laughs> May, do you know what I'm going to say? Mary, you are incredibly generous. Oh, thank you very is much. Is that a nice too. compliment? Thank you very much. You are very generous. You bought me the most fabulous lunch today and I was going to pay and you insisted. So you are very generous. Okay. But I do insist on getting it next week. Because that's okay, the way it that's works. Good. I feel bad <laughs> but do you know what I was going to say about the compliment thing? Remember we were saying... It's very hard to take one. No, but certain ones. I told you I met the lads from the Saw Doctors. Yeah. The services. And we've spoken about them. We love them. They're amazing lads. Anyone else doing that well, I would resent them. <laughs> That'll tell you how much <laughs> I like the song I'm fucking happy for them. And they're doing amazing and they deserve it. But Eleanor, who's Leo's partner, we met them in the service and I was leaving. I had this green t shirt on and she came up to me and said, Olsen, that t shirt is fabulous with your eyes. <laughs> in the middle of the services. And I said, Eleanor, that's the nicest thing anyway. But in a petrol station. In a, in a service station. And I thought to myself, Next time I see something like that, I'm going to tell Say somebody so, yeah. and, and make that day. No, it hasn't happened yet. No, do you know what I mean? If I see some, now what happened to me is I see some girl and I say, "Oh God, your eyes!" Oh no, yeah, and they hit me slap or something. Okay, I see where you're coming from. Okay, <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah not, I just there's yeah. probably an art to it. Not random complimenting people that you yeah. use in service stations. No, 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 no. I know Eleanor, but it was she didn't have to do it. It was a very kind of. It was just unusual, and I thought that is such a nice, nice thing to do, and I must do that more. Oh, yeah, we, I mean, look at whether you like it or not. People have had um, whether you like to admit it or not. It, it's been a very, and I, I think now, getting serious for a minute because I have been talking about it recently to people. Just within um, my close friends and family, and and my my grandchildren. Covid was absolutely horrific. Yeah. For so many people, and so so many people, like even over dinner last night, um, chatting to people who had lost their, uh, parent. Yeah. During yeah. Covid. Oh my God, Mary. And worse, like, so and and my grandchildren, things. teenagers, um, uh, from from the little ones up to the, from the from the nine year olds to the sixteen mm. year olds, they. Absolutely had it really, really tough. We all did, I think. And I think it's a thing we... It's like a lot of trauma. You, a couple of years Can't. after it, we, we ignore it. Yeah. We don't see it. Yeah, and I think people are But it's now, there. Yeah, people are... Well, people... Funnily enough, people are talking about it now more than they ever did, you know. I met a lot of people in England, they were talking about it, you know. But I think it's... Just, I, I have experiences because my dad died when I was 13. And I remember afterwards being a teenager... 14, 15, 16, you kind of told yourself, I'm fine. I'm fine. And then it's a few years later, everything comes home to roost and you realise, oh shit, I wasn't fine all that time. But I think the, the post-COVID thing is similar. Yeah. It's like a mass grieving or a mass trauma. Uh, yeah, and, I, so and in many life. ways, I think people who were um, actively involved in doing something like we did the gigs and you did your wee yoke on... Um, do you know the weekly thing? Yeah, the daily song. The daily song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think we're absolutely blessed to have been able to do that. Maybe, I used to walk yeah. up the Sugarloaf with the cat and the dog and do any old song. These 
Remember, I, I started off doing the, so these are a few of yeah, my favorite. Yeah. And then people really responded. Like we got and letters I, and emails and messages you that I did. did yeah. People saying you really got me through a period, you know. Yeah. Is that amazing? Yeah, it is. And, and you know, so don't be, um, yeah, hurting ourselves and don't no, be judging. But no, but I mean, no, you, we, you're totally right about the, the COVID being really hard on everyone. And it's been, what, about a year and a half since it's properly opened up. But I think we are all kind of going around traumatised after it. But I didn't but even know that this realized. woman's mother had died. And I know her. And in this and situation, I've, was she, you know, got the phone call from the hospital and they'd have to be separated, all that kind of thing? Yeah. Oh, that's a nightmare. You know, that's not and even... It would have been, if we were all out socialising and meeting and I'd been meeting my kids, I would have heard about it, you know what I mean? And that's true, yeah. Do you know what I mean? We missed a lot of them, you didn't even know what happened. Yeah. yeah. Uh-uh. And anyway, there you go. Just yeah, society, it's, it's a funny one. We're all back out there, even, you know, you take it for granted going into Galway today and going in on the train, you're not wearing your masks anymore and you're sitting in a packed cafe, you know. Like that, you, a couple of years ago, we would have been like, Two years Whoa. ago, we couldn't do it, I know. And terrified. Terrified. At the I prospect of down, it. I got a panic attack in the underground in London. Oh, God, yeah. Because well, I had the, the, the lung, I was, I mean, I had a heart event heart events in the past and I have a lung condition and I was over 60 and all the all the the media were saying you're over 60 you have heart and lung things you know you're a sitting duck you're going to die oh stop I actually lived with that for two years panic you know. then at the thought of this is, yeah 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 and anyway here we are so actually do you mind me asking you that you had a heart event they don't call it heart attack anymore yeah okay I had a presumed mini stroke that turned out to be a migraine. I told you that, didn't I? Oh, you did, yeah. Kind of went blind on one side right, and yeah. ended up in hospital and they put me on statins for three months. So I actually did experience this thing of going, I had an event that <clears throat> can happen again at any time. So I do remember lying in bed in the evening going, will this happen right now again? You know, sorry, I don't mean to bring all this stuff up. Don't but when you have it. your heart event... Do you feel afterwards like uh, oh, I was when you're walking on the Oh, Jesus Christ. Stop Sorry, it. I don't mean to read. No, Jesus, no, and it should be talked about. Um, I had stents put in. Um, I went to the... And look, it was just unbelievable. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it because I'd been taking cholesterol tests and my cholesterol was perfect. Um, anyway, yeah, I was an absolute nervous wreck for a year and ringing um, my cardiologist, Niall Oval. Una, I had her on speed dial. The secretary mm. and um we've become very friends and she does some uh, fundraising up in dundalk and i've done a gig for her and um, they gave me a wee machine called a cardia and you put your two fingers on it and um four fingers two on each hand yeah yeah and it goes straight into the mm. hospital if you're nervous really? yeah if you're, if you're thinking you're going batty in the the heart department but for a year, sure. it, I, every day and every night for a year. I, I was living with that. I, I was afraid to go to sleep. Oh. And I used to, I was living with my daughter, Claire. John was in New Zealand and I would tell her, Claire, will you just check me to see that I'm not oh. dead before you go to bed tonight? And That is a hard thing to, you have to live with. Yeah, I was terrified. Yeah. And, why and did you get, how did you get over that? I went into Niall Mulvey. He said, "Okay." He said, "Mary he said, I'm I'm going to do something now." He said, and he said, "I'm just going to." He said, "You've had a um a life." He said, "You know, and blah blah." He said, "And I'm not a therapist." He said, "And I hope you have a good one." He's just amazing. He says, "I'm a plumber." I'm a plumber. Mm. One of the top cardiologists now. He says, "I'm a plumber." I can tell you. He said. 
that your pipes are now and in you didn't perfect mind a plumber working on you. condition. <laughs> you're, you're, he said, if you want me to do another angiogram, I'll do one for you to put your mind at rest so you can see it yourself on the camera. And he said, and we in the in the end, uh, we settled for an echo cardiogram, which is a three D or a four D yeah, yeah. image of all your blood vessels, and but. At least I went in the end and asked for that. But so you skipped out of there. Skipped out. Yeah, isn't it funny? When I had the and I'm doing verticomas mini stroke, and then it happened to me again a few months later. So I went back to see the consultant, and I described it to him. He said, "Alton, put it to bed. You're having migraines. Mm. They're widely underdiagnosed. Mm. Come off the statins. You're done." I skipped out of there as well because isn't it amazing to get that professional treatment and yeah. that reassurance? Yeah. And your your brain just does a. A complete, you know. And this is so fucked up in Ireland with the health system. And I do have private insurance. I don't know if you do. And I was able to I access have a, I have the guy. Crappy, uh, you know, I was able to access him. And he was able to say, if you want an angiogram, I'll do one. Okay. Come in here tomorrow morning, I'll do one. Do you know what I mean? Like, the, and I'm sure, I'm sure, I'm not sure. Mm. I, I can imagine that people who have had heart attacks and have had stents and open heart surgery have a lot of anxiety oh, about I it recurring. Imagine, yeah. You know, and... Um, open heart surgery, like, you know, Imagine you got in for that, I'm sorry. No, and I'm so glad that but he said, he told me, he said, we might be able to fix it with stents. He said, we might, be, we might have to further intervene. But luckily, and thank God and all of that... Plumbing's good. Plumbing's good now. And um, I just have to... Um, um, but it takes you an awful long time, I'm 67, it takes you an awful long time to actually let the words a day at a time sink in and live every day as if it's your last and all that bullshit. But like, swear to God, grab it by the two hands. Yeah. You're, you know, honestly. Well, even I, after I had the scare again, I see I'm not one of them who are just, I didn't like go, go right, live every day all the time. No. I just back to my usual pattern of, Dread. <laughs> you need to get out of yourself. Oh, you need to go to a fucking retreat, man. <laughs> I know. I mean, seriously. sign me up. Sign me up. And you know the other thing is, um, you can do. I, I, here she speaks now. Seventeen okay. years of fucking you, therapy. You've more experience to me and more therapy. Seventeen years of therapy. I say, do the fucking retreat. You're ahead of me. <laughs> oh, Spend, yeah. Over that. Over that now. Yeah. Interesting. Enough talking. Enough introspection. Enough. Just get out, get into the body. Get, get, out in, of your, get out of yourself. Get out of yourself. Get out of yourself. Yeah. And perspective is everything, I know. Totally. Yeah, but um, yeah, I, that's what I'd say now. Jesus, your man will be fucking offered me free retreats now for the rest of my life. Well, there you go. He might sponsor You're Not Listening. You're not listening to me. Oh, you're not listening. <laughs> you're getting the hang of it, Mary. I'm getting the hang Episode of it. five. Is it, are we finished? No, no, we've oh, no. got... See, we're trying to average around... I, I think 40 minutes is the sweet spot. Now, we've been talking for 30, which is pretty good. Okay. But um, I, I said, you said to me, what am I going to do this evening? And I said, I'm going to plonk on the couch and watch a series. Have you seen anything lately that you could recommend? We Last week, oh. we did not do the watch it, don't watch it, which takes up about I 30 seconds to the podcast. Came back from the tour in England and binged watched um, Secret City. Australian um, What's the which, which Netflix Netflix is it yeah watch it watch it watch it and unbelievable Secret City Secret City it is a little terrifying 
to see what the Yanks and the Australians Is it a documentary? No, no, it's, a, it's, a, it's not a sitcom. It's a series, the political kind of behind, you know, it's about government and politics and a journalist. Okay. It's fab, 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 fab. Great acting, great everything, great, great, great. Do you know one I Great watched, Aussie accents. One I watched that I really, all right. really Are you liked all right? was uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger's three part documentary. He's a fascinating man. Is he? Oh, he's unbelievable. I was going to watch that. Watch it, watch it. Okay. And he's hilarious. Is he? He's hilarious. Ah, stop. Yeah. He was on about like the first time he wanted to be in the movies. He was already Mr. Universe. He's the most driven man ever. He still, like he, if I wrote up on Twitter, Arnie loved your documentary, he'll quote and retweet that. Thank you, Walton. Like he doesn't have to. He is so, so driven. And he's he's a fascinating character. But he went into a Hollywood executive's, um, for a meeting when he decided I'm going to be a movie star he just decided this is what Arnie always does he just decides and it will come true you know mm. and they said you're going to have to do the bitty parts Arnie's like no I'm not doing the bitty parts I'm the star so I'm he, star. <laughs> I can't really do the accent I am the star but he went yeah. in and he said the executive was a tiny little guy sitting behind this massive desk and he went in and he said hey why does such a small man need such a big desk <laughs> and he said the meeting was over in a minute and 20 seconds oh my god he said that the agent came out or the, his manager came out and said Arnie that is the shortest meeting in the history of Hollywood. But he did defy everyone. The guy said to him, you have an accent. Get out of here, like, you know. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. He was told at every turn, you can't be this, you can't be that. And if you really are talking oh, about here, we'll positivity and everything. We'll, we'll have to listen to it. See what you think about it. Yeah. yeah. There's three parts. So the first part is about his Mr. Universe. He's becoming that, you know. Second part is about his movies, and the third part is the, he became governor of California. I know, yeah, but do you remember he was um, in Danny DeVito, there were twins or something? That was the big, that was that one was of the big huge. ones. That was huge, and then he became pregnant in another one. Do you remember that? <laughs> 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 he was in part of an experiment. Wait a minute, what one was that again? That's coming back to me, he became yeah, pregnant. He got pregnant and he was going around with the big bump, yeah. Yeah, what was that called? He went into labour and all, and he had Will I Google it? What was that called? Mr. Mom, no? Mom. I don't know what it was called, but it was, that is but Danny DeVito was in it again, and Emma Thompson. They were trying to milk it after twins. She was a she was um um a scientist, and she wanted to know if um if a man could become or carry a baby. Arnie pregnant. Yeah. Let's see what Who's comes up. Who's speaking into? Ivan Reitman's nineteen ninety four comedy Junior. Junior. Perhaps best known for its poster depicting a pregnant Arnold That's Schwarzenegger. It was very brave of him to do, wasn't it? Yeah, he... Um, very, uh, 1994. 94, yeah. That's great. I'm, I'm delighted now you mentioned that. Yes, do you know. watch watch Arnie's documentary. Okay. He is a fascinating and man. And Secret City, then, is an Australian... Um, pol- to watch it. To watch it. But now I've nothing <laughs> left to watch. Oh, I can watch Arnie. Watch Arnie, and okay. I'm going to watch Secret City. Yeah, is, do. Is Secret City... Is it too long though? I, I, I like limited series that are three or four episodes. I think there's... Because I'm addictive. And if there's 12 of them or like if there's well, three... No, the series one has got oh, six or seven. No. And series, I've watched series two now as well. Okay. But it's over now. I'll be awake the next two days watching them. Huh? I'll be awake the next two days watching them. I did it in three. Wow. Yeah. I just have to t- take that break now. After doing like 13 or 14 gigs. Do you think the, the binge on the TV, this sounds extreme, but do you think binge on a TV show like that is on a par with drinking for two days? Oh, come on. 
<laughs> Seriously, yeah. Do you not get a hangover? I get a hangover after binging twelve episodes. I, after, after binging thirteen gigs and from Scotland all the way down to no, I, I actually not. black out during a binge. And if somebody asks me, okay, I just watched thirteen episodes or something, I you can't remember. Can't remember. <laughs> but that's a little a little relax for your brain. Yeah, and I guess the the easier to watch, the better in a lot of ways too. Yeah, but it was very interesting to if, to figure out because that when I was in Australia this time. Um, Simon Coveney was down for um, St. Patrick's Day and I was invited to address the Irish Irish people in Sydney, you know, and this huge big dinner, luncheon thing. But you were there for Paddy's Day? Yeah, and oh. they asked me to come and um, say hello to about 2,000 people having these humongously expensive uh, lunches and Simon Coveney and the, the Prime Minister and I said um, there was a lot of talk at the time about... The Australians were doing um, a deal with the Americans. They've just bought some submarine-powered, or nuclear-powered submarines. Yes. You, do you know that? Do you remember that? And what did I do? But I opened my big mouth. <laughs> and Simon Coveney gave his big speech about NATO. And I got up and I said, well, I said, really? I said, it's, it's strange that I'm here today. And um, um, I was going to say no. But I said, I think it's actually important that I actually uh, mention the fact that um you know this is very very scary and especially with what's going on in the world to arrive in australia having not heard the news for three days to find out that you know they're contemplating doing this big deal i said um i'm not going to say any more i said but i will sing this song and it was written by um, a german soldier at the end of the second world war and it's called cranes and i sang the song and uh, oh, and Simon Coveney was looking at me as if I was the monster. No way. In the room, yeah. And um, <clears throat> people were, we weren't expecting that. <laughs> nice. We weren't expecting that. And nice. I you was actually, I was actually, I was actually kind of shaken when I was saying it, but I knew I had to say it. Well, for myself. You said it. You didn't sing it. I said what I gave a little speech okay. that I find that very disturbing, and then I sang <gasps> the song. And it was huge, big PA and um, unaccompanied um, a cappella a cappella version of uh, the song, which is beautiful. Uh, and then I started to do it at gigs every night. Don't a bomb. Yeah, well, hmm? bomb beat of course, just assaulted. Um, yeah, I used to sing "Strange Fruit" at the end of every gig uh, years ago. Um, and people would just just be stunned into silence like after that. Yeah, you know. something, something nice about performing and shocking. And tell me this, you dropped a mad story on me today coming out in the car. Um, what? What did the Rolling Stones think of you oh, playing Jesus in Christ. the Leelands? I saw... 30 I, years ago. And by the way, this podcast is probably going to go out two weeks before Mary plays in Wheelands on the 1st of September. That's why I was checking my phone. Oh, yeah. Okay, so... Um, what happened? 30 years ago. <clears throat> um, so I, I suppose that um, I'd been struggling with the, with the drink, you know, and I was, Jesus Christ, I was hospitalised 32 times in almost three years for alcohol poisoning. How many times? 32. Hospitalised 32 times? Yeah. In how many years? Two and a half or three. Whoa. So during one of the times I wasn't drinking, this is before I gave up the drink completely yeah. 30 years ago. Um, um, I spent two years trying desperately to do it and I'd stay off it for a month and stuff. Um, 
people used to come and take me to meetings and I resented them knocking on the door and dragging me off to meetings. But, you know, I ended up in the... Anyway, but one night, uh, one one particular year, I was booked to do a week in um, Whelan's and all of the nights had sold out. And Neil was, Neil Jordan was um, editing um, Interview with the Vampire in Dublin and the Rolling Stones came over to... Um, to look at the edit with um, the song interview with, what's it called the um please let me introduce myself yeah sympathy for the devil because he was using the song in the film and they all came to um Whelan's and i wasn't there and dave allen rang uh, my ex-husband uh, who was my husband at the time frank and, uh, he said Mick Jagger is here. <laughs> Just get her into the car and bring her to the gig. And he said, I'm not doing it anymore. Oh, my God. How much for, you know. Oh, that's a real kick yourself, isn't it? Well, you know, because we were talking about that. Um, yeah, I mean, I have, ki- I have kicked myself in the foot more times than kicked myself in the head. I have one experience. You know the way I go to Los Angeles every year and I yeah. my couple of albums there and I'm so fortunate that I've I, I made friends in a venue called Largo owned by a guy called Mark Flanagan from Belfast who went over there and he's got an amazing theatre everybody plays there so I'd go over in the summer and I'd always be waiting for the Largo call or the email but this one summer I was over there and I was there for weeks and I didn't have anyone and I was bored and everything and I met somebody should we say and went on a couple of dates and, and, oh. I, and I was invited out to the desert by her so we the day we got in the car to drive way out to the desert in 110 degree heat oh my god that, yeah, no. that evening I got an email from Flanny as I call him Ulton you want to come do a set tomorrow night um, Amy Mann is on the bill oh. and Zach Galifianakis because it's comedy and music oh, nice. and I panicked when I was out in the desert and I just I wrote the worst thing you could write back I was like is it worth coming back <laughs> for it and I sent it and I just didn't hear from him again that, at that moment because he was like don't worry about us and because your one wouldn't bring me back in, so I was oh stuck. God. I was stuck out the desert. Yeah. Oh my god! Yeah, but well, that, sorry, that's the only thing that I've like laid awake going. Oh, I wish. I'd oh look at I. But that's tiny enough compared to fucking Mick Jagger. <laughs> so sorry, has that haunted? No, but has that haunted you? Haunted me. Haunted me. I mean, what might have happened? You know, well, whatever. But then you know, Jesus, look at what what. Uh, what really fucked me over was that I was barred from Wayland's for the next, you know, <laughs> and now, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I've been back there again, but I mean, um, but you're back there. I know. I mean, I, I, might be I there. fucked myself up. Okay. You know, I mean, I really did. I often wonder like, why did I never, you know, do as well as I could have? That's why. <laughs> That's why I did a few stupid things like that and it gets around, you know? You think so? Of course, yeah. But look, look at I have thirty years behind me now. But you're still uh, here, I and am. you're still doing it. I'm still here, and I'm still doing it. And and um, Mary, a lot of people who were doing it back then, when you, as you said, were fucking it up, they didn't make it in the game. They probably quit it thirty years ago, and you're still doing it. Yeah, I I just have a deep, deep um. Deep, connection with it or... deep, deep affection for for my for my career and my uh, my singing and every every uh, every gig is um is um i'm not going to be 
I just love it. You know, every gig is different. Well, we, we keep getting pulled back into it, don't we? Even I'm, I'm the same in a sense that I, I go through phases of, I'm going to quit this now. Oh, no. But um, I never do, and I don't think I ever will. As well. Funny, I, when I was sitting in Galway having that coffee and, and somebody smiled at me and made my day, another guy passed to I said, I know him from somewhere. And as he went past, I looked again, I said, who is he? And then it dawned on me, he's this guy who I won't any names, I don't know his actual name, but he was in a band in Galway maybe eight, ten years ago. They got signed to a big label out of nowhere. But I remember at the time I had an album out and I was getting no press. Mm. They got the Late Late Show, they got Hot Press, Irish Times, everywhere for weeks. Then it didn't work for them. And I, as I saw him walking past today, I see he's in a different career. No, I was a bit like, fuck you, you took a... You took all that publicity that I could have gotten. I'm still in it. Ah, uh, stop. I know it's not terrible, but I, I didn't go fuck you. But it did cross my mind of going, do you ever resent that kind of thing where, you know, you kind of go, I'm in this for the long haul. And you see people who dip in and out of it. And sometimes they get a lot of oh, it uh, took me a long press or exposure or whatever. That's my long-winded weird question. It took me, um, I, I used to blame uh, Warner Brothers, I used to blame management, I used to blame agents, but like um, the hard truth is that um, I really fucked it up for myself. Not, not, not for want of, not, not because I wanted to, it's just because I was really fucked up. I had never uh, gotten help for myself and, uh, and I was drinking, um, you know. Yeah, and everybody I, I, knows I, I about that. I have to kind of disagree with you that you fucked it up, because I don't think you did. I think you have a great career. And you've, oh, I have a mighty and career. And you've had though. a great career. Yeah. And look, if you've got stories like that. Yeah, that's a great story. <laughs> yeah, I still believe everything comes down to having good stories. Like, I remember I told you <laughs> about like a couple of years ago, I got this email from Paramount about using my song yeah, in this yeah, film yeah. and it came down to the last hurdle. And I've been telling that story at gigs and building it up in such a way that the audience give me a big round of applause thinking I landed this thing. And then I go, it didn't happen. And they always kind of started laughing. Aww. But no, it's, a, it's become a story, you know. And I think if you can turn any of that stuff on your, in your favour. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's, that's a really fucking funny story that the Rolling Stones are sitting up the front. <laughs> Waiting for me and to go. And you're at home. And Dave Allen, is, <laughs> Dave Allen is on the phone to Frank saying, just put her in the shower and put her in the car and bring her in. And uh, he said, no, I'm done with it. I'm not doing it anymore. And you know, he, and he was right. What do you mean he was right? He was right not to do it. Well, Frank said, I'm not doing it anymore. I'm not doing it anymore. I'm not going to yeah, get yeah, her yeah, yeah. fucking dressed up and bring her into a gig. But I was the breadwinner of our family and um, I made all of the money. I bought yeah. the house. I did everything. And, you know, the night before I went to the Rutland Centre, wait till you hear this. The night before I went into the Rutland Centre, I went and did a gig in Kilkenny. So the mortgage will be paid for two months while I was gone. And you know something, Mary? I'm eating all these chocolates. You're not the only one in Ireland who's like rang in sick from drink. Oh, yeah. If you look at it that way. Yeah. <laughs> you know what right. I mean? Like... But there was not as much riding on it. <laughs> you know, there you go. Let's wrap it up. Wrap it up there. What about no singing again? No singing again. We, we, we didn't sing. Do you want to sing a song? Sing a song, come on. Do you want to just sing something a cappella? I can sing my cranes. For it. Okay, <clears throat> so this is a song that was written by a German soldier at the end of um, the, the Second World War and it was translated into English by a guy whose name escapes me, but he's Dutch, um, uh, Herman van Veem. And um, I'll, sing the first, I'll sing one verse, okay. 
Sometimes I think of all those soldiers Buried on hills and plains Aren't buried under rows of white crosses But rather fly the skies as cranes They beckon us with words long forgotten Their distant voices echo as they fly is it these voices that make us stare in wonder as our hearts wander through the sad, sad sky? Wow. Come here, guys. You, you only listen to this. I'm not joking. Mary started singing. And I was sitting here trying to make no noise, enraptured by it. And my little cast, you saw this, Mary? Huh? Walked in and sat and stared up at stared Mary up at while she sang. Isn't <laughs> that just incredible? There you go, now. Mary, that was beautiful. What an end to the podcast. And it really fitted in with telling that story. Okay, that's brilliant. We, we'll chat to you next week, guys. <laughs>